I'm Mallory King, certified trainer and sports nutritionist and creator of the FitLife Academy brand. After losing 100 pounds, I became obsessed with helping women finally reach their goals through evidence-backed nutrition and brain-based tools. My life's mission is helping you discover that creating food freedom and falling in love with fitness are the greatest acts of self-care. I'm so glad you're tuning in today, and I know you're ready to say yes to your new life of joy, pleasure, and peace. So let's begin. This feels like one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do, which sounds really lame. <laughs> it makes me, feel, makes me feel pretty lame. But I posted on my Instagram story about an hour before I started recording this, and I shared that I was really scared. I was really nervous to share this, uh, this episode, to record this episode. And I know that deep down, I, I know that I want to share this episode. I know that this is good for me. And I know that I can record this episode and decide to never share it with anyone. And yet it still feels so, so hard. And when I posted on my Instagram story that I was nervous, immediately you all started sending me messages of support and of love like you always do, <laughs> and reminded me, the first message I got, reminding me that it's okay if you're not ready. And that's the thing, is that I am ready, I can feel. I feel ready, I'm just really scared. And I don't exactly know why I'm so scared. But what I've come to realize in the last eight months of my life, where so much healing has happened, first, so much pain, so much pain hit me eight months ago, and then healing. And what I've learned is that I've been so scared for so long. I've been living in fear for so long and I had no idea. I didn't even see it. I didn't even know it that I was just in survival mode, you know? Now having the hindsight and looking back at the last eight months and really at my whole entire life, I, I mean, right now where I'm at, I've never had so much self-awareness. Like, even right now, I can tell that my soul is ready to share this. But my mind and my body, I can, I can see it happening. And it's, it's so strange because when you have this self-awareness, it's like you can look down at yourself from above. You know, you can see yourself from the, uh, the third, what is it called? Third-person view. And so I can see how my mind and my, my body physically is resisting this episode, resisting recording this and sharing this story. Physically, I feel very strange right now <laughs> sharing this. Um, I am definitely right now in a reactive state, which is something that we're going to talk about as we dig through all of this. I have no idea how long this is going to be. I, I have some notes. I have things that I, I know that I want to share I think more importantly than anything preparing for this episode was getting clear on things that I wasn't ready to share. So I know what those things are. 
I know what I'm, I'm ready to share today, that I want to share today. But <laughs> I'm sure that <laughs> it won't be the most organized episode. That's okay, because what I do know is that there's so much wisdom in this story. I have learned so much about my brain. <laughs> I've learned so much about your brain. And I have learned so much wisdom from all of this that I've gone through. And I'm so excited. I really am so excited. I have learned so much from my, all of these experiences, but especially from the past eight months. I have gained so much wisdom about life, about the human brain, about our behaviors, about the subconscious mind, about our nervous system. I have learned so much about healing. I've learned so much about trauma. I've learned so much about abuse. And I'm so excited to share the wisdom and the knowledge with you all. I think more than anything, I'm excited. <laughs> My poor podcast producer has to listen to every piece of this recording, <laughs> every raw and vulnerable and embarrassing <laughs> piece of this recording. And I have no idea if this part will make it in. I'm going to trust him that he will make me sound as good as possible. <laughs> Because I know that as I go through this episode and what I'm dealing with right now is I'm, I'm in this reactive state. My nervous system is very reactive right now. It's what's called the sympathetic nervous system. And now that I have this awareness and I have this knowledge, I can see it and I can feel it, right? So I'm, I'm letting these emotions and these sensations come up and I'm working through them right here on this episode, which... Um, <laughs> I'm sure not all of it will make it through, but it will be a cool thing to save and have to maybe one day share. But, um, you know, I, I thought about waiting until I felt like I was in a place to, to record this episode without so much reaction coming out of me, you know, so many emotions and sensations. And I wondered if that would ever, if there would ever come that day. Sometimes I worry that there might not be that day. But what I've also realized is that that's okay. I think that this is so beautiful. We are getting very real and very raw and very vulnerable. And uh, uh, it's so interesting because... You all tell me all the time how transparent I am and, and how much you value that I'm vulnerable and that you, you, it makes you feel safe and it makes you feel like you can be vulnerable with me. But I don't think that I've been truly vulnerable with myself. At least I wasn't for a really, really, really long time. 
and that's that's what I'm here today. That's this is this is it. This is me being very truly vulnerable. It's so funny because, you know, I get all these comments and messages about, wow, you're so you're so, first of all these the people that say you're so brave for sharing your loose skin and sharing your cellulite. And first of all, I think that 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 comment saying that is it has the best intentions. But if you think about it, it's it can be kind of an an insult, right? Saying that you're brave for sharing these things. Um, But I don't feel brave sharing those things one bit, sharing the cellulite and the rolls and (laughs) all the different shapes and sizes that my body has been and does not feel scary or hard when it is compared to the things that I have been afraid of for so long. So, so long. And I'm still so scared. I don't know why. I really don't. But I am. And I don't want to be anymore. And this episode recording this feels... I know and my, my intuition's telling me this is right, so it feels like it's something that's meant to happen for me to own this truth and speak this truth and, and be less afraid of it. All right, we are back and we are no longer in a reactive state. I was able to utilize some of the tools that I am going to share with you later. We have to get through some of the messy hard stuff first, Um, but I am no longer in that reactive state. So now I'm experiencing, um, I'm in the parasympathetic nervous system, which is also referred to as the rest and digest. Whereas your sympathetic nervous system, what you just heard me go through, which I love that I recorded that as embarrassing and as hard as it it felt in the moment. um, I think it's important for you to see that, especially because as we talk about the tools, we're going to be talking about how you can do this yourself, right? How you can take yourself from the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight response. That's what it's commonly referred to. We'll talk a little bit more about that um, nervous system and how you're able to notice when your body moves into that nervous system response and how you are able to navigate your way out of it into the parasympathetic nervous system where you are in rest and digest mode, where you feel calm and relaxed. So you can probably tell just in my voice right now, right? Like if you've heard other podcast episodes, if first of all, if this is your first ever podcast episode with me, bless your heart. I am so sorry. We're going on a roller coaster of emotions right now. But if you have heard me speak before, you probably noticed in the beginning of this episode how you you could literally tell in my voice like that I sounded different, not just because there's there's so many different components to it you can tell that my my throat is feeling tight right you can tell um just in the way then the tone of my voice right now you can tell that i feel calm and i'm i'm not in that reactive state so i'm so excited to continue to share with you these tools and resources that i've developed um but unfortunately not unfortunately i don't want to say the only reason why i'm saying unfortunately we have to get through the the tough um, past things that I've experienced first uh, is because it's, it's, I know that it's going to bring up that sympathetic reaction again, right? That fight and flight response because I'm still navigating this, this trauma, you guys. I'm still 
very much so in the infancy stages of processing and healing from the childhood trauma that I experienced. And I want to record this episode now because I think it'll be so interesting to be able to record another one a few months from now and then six months and then a year and then five years down the road and 10 years down the road and really be able to see the the process, right? The progress of this journey. And so I wanted to record something with where I'm at, what chapter I'm in right now. And I know that it's hard. And thank you so much for bearing with me. And thank you so much for supporting me. Because if you are here listening to this, I know that you're not just listening to this for for what you want to gain for you, right? You're you're excited to learn some things, but I also know that you all care so deeply about me and my journey. Like the amount of support and love that I get from you all, I'm going to cry again. So let's try not to do that quite yet. <laughs> so let's get into the the nitty-gritty stuff um as we move into these tools for healing that I want to share with you. I want to share all of the positive and joyful and good things that have happened to me recently, but I can't share those things without sharing the hard stuff. You're, you're just not going to fully understand the lessons without understanding the, the hard things that I've gone through in my life. So without further ado, let me trauma dump on you all right now. I'm so nervous. I don't even know why. All right. So July of 2022, which... At this time of recording, that was about eight months ago, my life completely changed. And obviously now, eight months later, looking back, it's very obvious how that was such a a turning point in my life. But even in the moment, I knew, I knew that this was something big, that this was a huge shift in in who I was was that was beginning that this, this shift was starting in July of 2022. I could feel it and sense it. And that's not always been the case for things that I've experienced in my life, breakthroughs I've had or aha moments. For example, when I started my weight loss journey and initially started that journey of losing 100 pounds, I didn't have a, a necessarily like aha breakthrough moment. I've shared the story of going to the doctor's office, getting on the scale, seeing 217 pounds, being told I'm borderline obese and that was that was definitely like looking back now in hindsight a a turning point moment or aha moment but in the moment it didn't feel like that right It, it just felt like I remember feeling very discouraged I remember feeling defeated like wow I've let myself get to this point I'm not taking care of myself so slowly over time it became that was the catalyst right that was the catalyst to change in my life but when this happened in July of 2022, I immediately knew that my life was about to change. Like, I knew that this was huge and drastic. And I don't know, I don't know exactly why it hit me then. I have theories, you know. Um, I struggled very much so with postpartum depression after giving birth to my second child um, who I gave birth to in August 2021. So this is now a year later, right? July 2022. I've been struggling with postpartum depression this entire year. And at this point, it was hitting a new low. 
really a year after giving birth was when my postpartum depression was its worst. And I, I certainly had struggled so much. I had lost my motivation and drive for life in that year, even throughout the pregnancy with my sweet, beautiful baby daughter who is worth every single second of struggle and challenge and adversity that I have gone through, through that pregnancy, postpartum, and raising her, I would do it a million times over again for that beautiful little girl and my son. I would do it all over again for them. But I will tell you, pregnancy is so rough. I thought it was so rough. I know some people love being pregnant. I am not one of those people. I struggle, man. I am not good with sharing my body with somebody else. Like having this being leeching my energy, making me so tired, making it feel so hard to want to do the things, you know, get, I love to move. So I struggled so much. And so as I went through that pregnancy and started losing my motivation, getting all those hormonal changes too. So you're dealing with all these mood shifts. And I think now looking back and processing a lot of this, that once I found out that I was pregnant with Lily is when things did start to shift. And I started to revisit my past. And I started to get haunted by my past because I remember it was around the second um, trimester of, of pregnancy with my daughter, Lily, I started getting awful, vivid nightmares and not nightmares of things that had happened to me particularly because during the pregnancy with Lily, and this was 2021, I had not yet faced my trauma. I had disassociated from my trauma for 25 years. And it wasn't until July of 2022 that I realized that I had been disassociating from this trauma for my entire, since it happened, my entire life. So during this pregnancy in, in 2021, I start getting these really vivid nightmares. I start waking up with just like Charlie horses. Like I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night with really uh, intense cramps in my calves. But a lot of times I would end up waking up just in the morning with sore calves. A lot of mornings I would just wake up wondering, why are my calves so sore? I'm not, I don't, I don't understand. I'm not doing any, any different workouts, you know, cause I was still working out while pregnant. I'm not doing anything different. Why are my calves so sore? And then, and then there were started to be times where I would actually wake up in the dream or in the nightmare. And it was never a, a memory of my past, just random. I've, I've learned so much about the subconscious mind. I've learned so much about dreams and what they mean and what they symbolize. And so now I understand those dreams that I had and why I had them and what they symbolized of my past and my demons and my trauma. But at the time, I didn't understand. So I'm just struggling with these really awful nightmares and, and this, um, you know, starting to, to notice the changes in my mood and, and that maybe I'm sliding into this depression. This is when I'm pregnant in the second trimester, you know. So I was never diagnosed with um, pregnant, what would it be, prenatal depression, but um, it certainly, looking back, started there. 
and I didn't reach out for help. Unfortunately, I stopped therapy right when I got pregnant with my daughter. So that would have been December of 2020. I stopped seeing my therapist on a consistent basis because I had made so much progress with my anxiety. I was struggling with panic attacks up until 2020. And I had made so much progress working with my therapist and I got pregnant and I was in this great place in life. I was so happy. I, I'm pregnant with my second child. My, my son, my, old, my oldest is doing wonderful, excelling in life and he's happy and he's healthy and he's safe. And I have a wonderful relationship with my husband. My business is booming and growing and life is so good. So I stopped therapy and then I started struggling, right? So I didn't start therapy back up. I wish I did. I don't know why I didn't. I really, I, I look back and I kick myself. I'm like, girl, what were you doing? You were so clearly struggling and you let yourself keep going deeper and deeper into this hole. And so I just kept digging myself deeper in. And that was through 2021. I gave birth to her in August of 2021, and and don't get me wrong, I mean, so much joy, and and happiness and love, like to to have this beautiful baby, this girl that our son is named Marshall, and our daughter is named Lily after my grandmother, who is one of the most important people in my entire life, and Marshall and Lily <laughs> from How I Met Your Mother. Um, I always knew that I was supposed to, I always knew that I was going to have Lily. I always knew. Always, always knew that I was supposed to have her. And now I think I understand better why that was, you know. Again, like seeing, seeing it all now, knowing that. Watching her. Watching her get to grow up, seeing how happy she is, seeing how innocent she is, and I just don't understand how anyone could do the things that were done to me. And I and I feel bad saying that, right? Because with with my son, with Marshall, of course. <laughs> Of course you think about those things as a parent. I, I think about those things all the time. But I, I, I just want to be able to protect them from the bad things in this world. But I never want them. I never want my kids to go through what I went through. And trust me, long before Lily was born, just Marshall, thinking about what I would do, what I would do if somebody did that to my kid. If I found out that somebody did to my child what was done to me, <laughs> I would be so happy sitting in that prison cell. I'm going to be honest with you, at this point, it feels like I'm, I'm procrastinating coming out with the hardest part of it. So we're going to do it. We're going to get right to it. And then everything else can unfold as it does. In July of 2022, I don't know exactly 
why. But my therapist tells me that it's because I was in this place in my life where I finally felt safe and was ready to face the things that happened to me. And I got swallowed up whole. (laughs) I don't even know how to describe what happened, but that's the best way I can think to describe it. I got swallowed up whole by my past and by the abuse that I endured. My abuse, my abuser, started abusing me when I was three years old. And I'm not going to tell you who abused me. And I'm not going to tell you specifically how they abused me. I'm not ready for that. I don't know. I don't know. And that's okay. I know that there are so many things that I am ready to share. I'm sitting here trying to get this out, but the reaction is coming up, you know, the emotions, the sensations. And so I'm rocking myself in my chair back and forth like your mother would when you were a baby or your, your caregiver, whoever whoever took care of you. (sighs) Rocking myself like a baby because I can take care of myself. I've always had to take care of myself and I did it in a very interesting way for 25 years because I was disassociated from the abuse. I, uh, I checked out We're going to talk about what disassociation is. We're going to talk about all of these things, all of the tools, everything I've learned. This Maybe this will be a 10-episode series. Who knows? I don't care. I'm I'm so excited to share these things. Because I keep getting incredibly emotional trying to finish that statement. I'm going to briefly say it and then move on so I don't get emotional again because I want to get through this dang episode. Um, But I am really looking forward to even just one person being able to take a tool from this and, and being able to go from living in that survival mode or disassociating from their pain or their trauma to where I am today. That's why I'm sharing this story because I want that for you so bad because where I am today is so incredible. Like I feel so, so good. I feel me again, like for the first time since I think I was three. So that's huge. Um, and it's really nice. It's really, I want that for you. So let's keep moving on. Um, I was abused in every every way that you could imagine. I was verbally abused. I was physically abused. I was sexually abused for many, many years, for many, many, 
many years. And the way that my brain is wired or the way that my soul was formed is that I want to protect. I am very nurturing. I am very, very motherly. I have those strong maternal instincts, fierce protection of those that I love. I am fiercely loyal to those that I care about and love. So I saw others being abused around me. I saw others struggling so much with the pain and the hurt from the abuse that we were all enduring. And I took on the role of being the caretaker. So my pain and my hurt stayed locked away. My beautiful big brain locked away my pain. to protect me and to, to protect those around me so I could, I could show up for them. Which now, understanding that, thank you, thanks to my therapist, thanks to all the books I've read, everything I've learned. I've been in a five-month course too. I'm going to talk to you about that course because that's, I've changed my life. Um, <clears throat> It's made me appreciate my body and my mind and it's really it's really so beautiful, I think. It's really so beautiful that my brain protected me. And so another thing that happened with disassociating is is what I did. I completely disconnected, completely disconnected. I mean, you guys, I'm realizing now, uh, 10 years into uh, my fitness journey, that I am so disconnected from my body still. Um, Dance, dance is something that has been huge in the last eight months. I've never danced before. (laughs) Like, I've tried and felt stupid. (sighs) I I started getting... uh, a very heightened reaction there. I started like, I was like, excuse me. I started hyperventilating. So the very short, shallow breaths, tight chest. Very common when you start to react in this way. So I paused a recording and I did a few deep breaths, reconnected with my body. Because I'm learning how to do that. I'm learning how to reconnect. It's very beautiful. Um, anyway, I don't even know. What, I don't even know what we were talking about, but I know we were talking about dance and that I've reconnected to my body through dance and, and learned, really learned how much, yeah, I've been so disconnected. and I didn't even know I was disassociating. It's so interesting because I always knew what had happened to me, right? Like that part of my brain that it was tucked away in, I I knew it was there. The memories were there. I just never acknowledged it. I never, 
I never talked about it even with myself. So it's so interesting. I started therapy at 12 years old when I was diagnosed with severe depression and anxiety. I started being put on a lot of medications at this time as well. Zoloft, Prozac, um, all the, I mean, all the different things that I've tried since 12 years old to now. Um, Xanax. At one point, I was put on speed because I was overweight and I had um, signs of hypertension. And I also was struggling in school with focus. So they thought I maybe had ADHD. So they put me, I forget what the, the generic drug name is, but it was a form of speed. Um, methamphetamine, I believe, like uh, like Adderall, similar. But um, anyway, I'm on Lexapro now. I find Lexapro to be very, very helpful for my anxiety. Um, I am a huge proponent of medication. I am a huge proponent of a balanced approach with nature and nurture. So my medication that I'm on right now has been incredibly helpful uh, and being able to do the nurturing side, right, and helping me get to a place of stability and just centeredness, calmness to work on that, the nurturing side. So, uh, but at a young age, I was put on a lot of different drugs and I started therapy. And it's so interesting because I have seen probably a dozen different therapists from the age of 12 to now I'm 31 years old. I've pretty much been in therapy on and off for that entire time. And, you know, I was put in therapy initially because I was lashing out as a kid. I was struggling with this depression and anxiety at 12 years old. 12 years old. I wonder why I was so sad and so scared and and just so angry. I wonder why. So I went to therapy and I never told a therapist. I never told them truly what had happened to me. Not at all. Not at all. I was so scared, I guess. Like, again, I I didn't ever think about it until now, until the last eight months of getting slapped in the face with it and being like, hey, you know, July of 22, it was just like, hey, you have a ton of trauma and you have to process this right now. You are not allowed to move on with your life until you deal with this shit. (laughs) And uh, before that, before July 2022, I did not acknowledge it at all. So it's incredibly interesting because the therapist that I now see, I have seen on and off for I think about six years now. I found her through BetterHelp, which I know people, some people have good, bad experience. This again, keep in mind, six years ago, I found her. So things may Maybe have changed since then, but I um, got very lucky to connect with somebody that I really, truly connected with on a soul level. I love my therapist so freaking much. She has changed my goddamn life. She, oh, I love her so. Um, it took me six years to tell her, <laughs> and I've always loved her, you know, from, uh, I think the second or third session, I knew that she was the one. And that's, that right there is a great tidbit of wisdom. I have seen so many therapists and she is the one that I've truly connected with on that level to feel safe and feel seen and feel heard to be able to let this trauma out, you know, like, me finally being in a place where I feel safe has so much to do with the support and the environment around me, right? The support system around me. And she is such a big part of that. 
So is my husband, Thomas, the man that I've been with for 15 years. He's so, he's, I cannot talk about him right now without getting emotional. He's so perfect for me. You know, he's the perfect partner for me. So, um, you know, if you're struggling with a therapist, keep searching because it makes the world of difference to find someone that you really connect with. And after what, almost, almost 20 years of going to therapy on and off and six years of seeing the same therapist that I love so dearly and trust and feel safe with, I finally let it out. I finally saw how hurt I was, still was, how traumatized, how fucking traumatized I have been. Because I always knew that my past was so weird, (laughs) so chaotic, so dysfunctional, so fucked up. But I always just looked at it like, you know, I turned out great. Like, look at me. I have such a great personality. I'm so driven and passionate from the things that have happened to me. And I'm so kind and empathetic and compassionate. I care so fucking much about other people because I never want them. Oh, fuck. I never want you to feel how I felt. So those are all great things, but I've come to realize I'm still so traumatized. And I've been living in survival mode for these 25 years, or these 20 years. And uh, I've been pulling myself out of that the last eight months. And it's been, oh, (laughs) it's been, (laughs) it's been fucking gut-wrenching. I didn't know. I didn't know the human heart could hurt this much. There have been moments over the last eight months where I'm on the floor in the fetal position just bawling my eyes out. And and you have to understand that before these eight months, okay, the decade before these eight months, I could count on two hands how many times I cried. Honestly, probably one hand. <laughs> and the decade before 2022. But in the last eight months, oh boy. Every emotion that I suppressed, every feeling, all the energy inside of me, I've come to realize it it was trapped, it was buried. (laughs) I started using so many other substances when I was a teenager to numb it. Food was always number one. Um, second grade, first grade, maybe even as, as as young as I can remember using food to comfort and to cope, and 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 starting to see that in my weight. You know, I think third grade was 
when I started to notice that I was overweight, bigger than people in, around me. And uh, my abuser loved to remind me of that. A lot of abuse about my body and my size and my shape and my arm, my disability. So, I started using a lot of stuff. So young. I was so young. So fucking young. <laughs> if you, um, if you've ever seen the show Euphoria, which big old trigger warning on that show and this episode it's a good realization to have i need a massive trigger warning on this episode um euphoria is incredibly triggering for me but it is um you know it's funny i i watched euphoria before july of 2022 when i was still disassociating and i thought it was such a great show i was like wow this is like this is this is like fascinating because I know like I know there's controversy about the show, but the thing is is that a lot of teenagers that actually is their experience, right? And now like I tried to rewatch it recently because I've come to realize that it's there's so many aspects of that show that make me feel so seen, like teenage me, like wow, that was my fucking life. <laughs> a lot of fucked up shit, the substance abuse that um Zendaya's character, I think her name is Rue. The substance abuse is so relatable. Like just so many, the, <laughs> there's so many different abuse situations in that show. So I tried to rewatch it recently and was like, yeah, now that I'm not disassociating, I definitely am not in a place where I can handle this. <laughs> Had to um, shelf that show for a while, but my weight issues and my body image issues and my substance abuse issues like food and drugs and alcohol and sex. It's about anything that you can get quick dopamine spike from. I've struggled with, so, you know, the start of my health journey, the, the, the fitness journey, the physical health journey was the desire to overcome those things, the desire to not want to abuse myself anymore. That's what it comes down to, right? I started abusing myself because I didn't feel like I deserved to be treated right, I guess. I don't know. I'd never been modeled that before. I'd never been treated right by anybody before. Um, I want to say that I know family members are going to listen to this. There were many family members who tried very hard and, and did treat me to the, the best of their ability. And I know they, they, they love me and I, I love them and I don't feel any anger and I don't. I forgive everyone except for the people that w did directly abuse me. I forgive everyone else. Um, so I just want to say that, you know, it's it's nobody's fault but the people that abused me. Nobody's, nobody's fault but the abuser. Um, it's just my truth, you know. It's just how I felt. I, I didn't. Falling in love with my now husband when I was um, 
I was 17 when I met him. I was 16 when I met him. I was 17 when I fell in love with him. And that love has made me realize that I never had that before. True, unconditional um, love. I didn't know what that looked like. So I, I didn't know how to give it to myself, you know? So before I met Tom and being 12 years old on, treated myself so poorly and abused myself because that's, that's what you're used to, right? You know? I felt so worthless. And I've got the, the biggest thing, the biggest thing, you guys. I'm so sorry if this if the, if you're just if you've given up on this episode because you're tired of hearing me cry. I don't blame you. Um, the biggest thing that I've realized, I think, over the last eight months is that, you know, I thought that I was so confident, and I thought that I was so sure of myself and secure in myself, just this badass independent woman. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm confident enough to shake my ass half naked on, on Instagram. But the thing is, you guys, it's not that hard to do that when you don't have any, any sense of self, any sense of worth, any sense of dignity, any sense of love for yourself. And it's not that, like... Like the last ten years of running my Instagram account and and um and preaching love and acceptance. I mean, all of those things are are true. It's not. I don't want you to ever think that I was showing up as a fraud the past ten years. I I think I've been showing up, saying what I what I've needed to hear. You know. I was, I just, that's what I've always done for myself. I've always taken care of myself. So I was showing up on Instagram, saying the things that I needed to hear most, hoping that if it helped other people, that that would, that would make me feel better. That would, that's, that's what a caretaker does. You know, those of us that take on that caretaker role, we put ourselves into others. We put our energy into other people's problems because it's easier than facing our own. And we derive our worth from being able to fix those problems for people. So, you know, we feel good when we feel like we did that. That's why I'm such a good coach. You know, there's <laughs> positives and negatives to all things that we, we do and that we are, but I'm a great coach because I care so much. You know, I want people to, I want people so badly to feel good. And I've, I want that because I've never felt good. And so, like, I keep going. Uh, I keep going back and forth. And my, my brain keeps going back and forth. You are not your mind. Let's, let's add a little tidbit of wisdom in right there. We're going to talk about that more <laughs> soon. You are not your mind. My mind keeps going back and forth um, between one thought, which is super empowering and exciting of, oh my God, I really think that this sharing this story and these episodes are going to be so helpful for people and, and, and so powerful. And then the other thought is, oh my God, you sound so stupid, Mallory. Like people aren't going to listen to you. 
the sense of self and the sense of worth and love for myself finally does feel like it's developing and I think that's what these last eight months have been is maybe that's what that's what it was maybe in July I uh I started to just really start to believe that I was worth it or lovable and uh maybe that's why this all hit me because now I can process I've been processing this and dealing with this from a place as best I can of of love and care for myself and, and wanting to nurture myself and I've been reparenting myself um as I record this right now, I'm in French braids that I did myself <laughs> for the third time ever, French braiding my own hair at 31 years old, because I always thought that I couldn't do it because of my arm, because of the disability in my arm, that, um, that I was made to feel made me less than everybody else so I decided to teach myself how to front right because I didn't have anyone to do it for me when I was a kid and now I know I don't need anybody to do things for me <laughs> um my braids do not look very good, but I feel very proud of myself. And like, I can feel it. I can feel this little girl, this little mouse. So giddy, because she's got her little French braids. I can tell that I need to stop here. I can tell that I'm just, um, this has been an incredible release for me and hopefully valuable for you and in the next episode we are going to dig into all of the tools that I've learned um, particularly over the last eight months for this healing journey and what's helped me what's been my favorite tools and exactly how to use them so the next episode will be a much lighter a much more positive much more empowering I guess but um, I can just tell that I've released a lot and, and physically and mentally need to pause here and take a break and fill my cup back up and rest. And then we'll be back for part two. I think this is going to be probably a three-part thing. So I love you all very much. Thank you. Um, and it would mean so much to me if you find value in this podcast in this episode or any of the episodes, if you wouldn't mind leaving a review, if you're on Apple, on Spotify, whatever you're listening on, if you could leave us a review, please. Our podcast producer, Josh, who is editing this right now, um, I think he will really appreciate that you let him know that he does good work because he has to listen to all of this and he has to listen to the raw, unedited version of me crying and having <laughs> a breakdown. So I love you all so much and thank you for being a safe space for me to be vulnerable and have that breakdown. And I know a lot of you feel like you tell me all the time that, that I'm your safe space and uh, I feel the exact same way about you all.
So I'm gonna go stop crying now. Love you guys so much. Catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.